welcome to the DFS Week 10 edition of the Fantasy Football Brothers podcast. My name is Blake and I'm here with my younger brother Carson as we talk about players that we like in DraftKings this week. Let's go ahead and jump right into it with the quarterbacks. What do you got for us? I'll start with, I think, the best value pick this week at quarterback at Carson Wentz at 5,900. Um, He's been kind of on kind of a hot streak. It hasn't been like the toughest of matchups, um, but he's getting another easy one this week. Jacksonville is just overall not a very strong offense whatsoever, ranking 26th in passing yards allowed and 24th in points against. Um, I just feel really good about him at 5,900, and I just think he has a safe floor. He's proven to have a safe floor, and I think. You know, he's thrown three passing touchdowns in back-to-back games, so he has that, and doesn't that get him the bonus in DFS, right? Or is it 300 passing yards? What, am I missing, it's the, missing it's the passing yards. It's the okay. passing yards, yeah. So he's only had one game over 300 passing yards, and he actually had 402 that week, um, but he was close to it last week. I think if he gets 300 passing yards and three touchdowns, which I think is a very possible stat line for him this week, um, he's a very strong play at a... Uh, very relatively cheap price compared to the you know high amount of people that are more expensive than him in this position. Yeah, so I'm looking at his stats right now, and I'm actually surprised because when you think of Carson Wentz, you kind of think like you know sometimes he can be a bit of a bonehead, but he's he's had 17 passing touchdowns and three interceptions. Like his his turnover ratio is actually really good. Wow, I was I, not expecting that. I honestly didn't notice the ratio whenever I was looking at the stats, but that's honestly incredible. Um, for, yeah, so for what I, I expected, mean, right? I I mean, in week eight, he had two of his three interceptions on the season. I so and he still finished with twenty points in that game. Uh, I think that he's a good option. He's a very good option at this price, and you like the matchup, and you like him being at home. So yeah, all around, I think that's a a pretty easy decision at quarterback. All right. Uh, so I guess you can bring up the next person we want to talk about. Sure. Uh, Jalen Hurts, we've talked about him a lot in the uh, in the regular season show, but he's on he's coming off of two back to back struggle struggle games, uh, sixteen points and eleven points in weeks nine and eight respectively, playing on the road at Denver this week. So the matchup is a little intimidating, but I I do kind of believe that more often than not he's going to get it done with his legs and that's going to provide you a good floor um now i don't expect any hundred plus rushing yard games but we have seen it from i, I would argue less talented players i mean in, in in justin field's case at least uh this season either way i kind of i i like his floor i mean i really do and at 6500 that's I believe that's his lowest of the season. Yeah, his lowest besides that was week one at 6,400. So you like the price. The matchup is a little intimidating, but I do think that Jalen Hurts is going to be forced to, you know, make it work if the the Eagles want to win this game. Yep, sounds good. Um, Briefly talk about the next quarterback, Dak Prescott, 6,900. I believe we talked about him last week, and he did not pan out. He was actually the quarterback I used in my own lineup. Um, I did kind of a cowboy stack, which was awful against the Broncos last week. But um, I expect him just to—I expect him to bounce back and be able to do well against the Falcons. Um, I think it's a good matchup. I, like I said, I expect a game where he bounces back. I do think he can easily get 300 passing yards and 
you know, three or four passing touchdowns. I just think he's a very safe pick. And there's still five quarterbacks more expensive than him. So he's he's not even like the most expensive. You're not I mean, you're paying up. He's he's a relatively expensive QB, but not even the highest. So I think he's a pretty uh, good choice for this week. Yeah, here's um, the thing that makes me feel good about Dak is that last week the Falcons allowed Trevor Simeon to rack up 17 fantasy points. He had 249 passing yards and two passing touchdowns. So I think that Dak is obviously head and shoulders above uh, Trevor Simeon. And at the similar matchup and with the Cowboys being at home, I think there's a lot of aspects of this game that kind of work in Dak's favor to have a good day on Sunday. I agree. All right, who's next up? Um, Let's talk about Justin Herbert briefly. I think that, you know, he was kind of struggling a little bit around his bye week, uh, 12 right before it and then 15 the week after so kind of sandwiched with that uh with that bye week just some some disappointing days for justin herbert but last week week nine at philadelphia he put up 34.6 DraftKings points 356 passing yards two passing touchdowns as well as one rushing touchdown on five carries so i think that i mean the matchup is good you we've seen minnesota have competitive close games uh they've had a few overtime games which always allows for more fantasy points and i'm not you know i'm not guaranteeing that they'll go to overtime but if it's going to be against any team it will be the vikings so i i like justin herbert he's seventy three hundred dollars it's a great matchup they're at home um yeah anything to add to that no i i just trust him um you know, he had that amazing game in week five, and then, like you said, he kind of went on a cold spell, and people are probably down on him, but then he had that good week last week, and, I mean, him getting a rushing touchdown ensured that he got a lot of points, but he did that with only two passing touchdowns, and I expect him to get more than that on in a game that he has a good matchup in. Um, so, yeah, I think that he's a very strong choice. All right, and I think... Uh, we've got two more at the top here. We've got Tom Brady and Josh Allen. Uh, quickly on Josh Allen, I think that he's due to bounce back. I mean, they're playing the Jets this week, and obviously a lot of people were disappointed with how uh, the Bills as a whole performed against the Jaguars in Week 9. But we have seen throughout the season Josh Allen's ceiling just continues to get higher and higher. Uh, back in week three was his peak at 40.2. That was at home against the Washington football team. So obviously another good matchup. The Jets, certainly not a good defense. And I think that Josh Allen will bounce back. And so we'll talk about his pass catchers later on in this episode uh, that we're confident in firing them up against the Jets as well. And then with Tom Brady, uh, if you listen to the regular season show, you know, but he is playing the Washington football team, and he is without a few pass catchers. He's not going to have Gronk. He's not going to have Antonio Brown. But with Chris Godwin being a game-time decision, he could have him available to him, and obviously still Mike Evans. And at the end of the day, it's Tom Brady. He, he did it with Wes Welker, and like you know, J- Julian Edelman's a Hall of Famer, but uh, certainly not the caliber of uh, Mike Evans in terms of uh, physical physicality on the football field so all that to say ain't nobody do it better than brady baby yes 
and I completely agree. Um, he's actually my QB in my own personal lineup as of right now. I think that he will feast against this Washington defense, so I think he's also a very strong and smart choice. Uh, we can move on to running backs, and we'll start from the bottom with our uh, biggest bargain picks. Uh, they're the same price, 4700 Dearness Johnson and Devin Singletary. I had Dearness Johnson um, as in my lineup, but Blake kind of convinced me to sway to sway me to Singletary. Um, and I think they're really playing the Jets. Me. Yeah, I mean, you feel good about both of these players for sure. I think at their price, um, Dearness Johnson, 4700. I mean, that's not accommodating for the fact that you know. He's going to have the whole backfield to himself because Nick Chubb's going to be gone and Hunt is still out, so that's why I like him a lot. But Singletary, um, regardless if Zach, Will, uh, Zach Moss plays, although it, he's obvi- I obviously feel even better with him if Zach Moss uh, is ruled out prior to the game and they're at noon, so you can kind of play that safely. But regardless of that, I mean, it's an incredible matchup, and I just expect him to do very well at this price point. And what really swayed me is... I think that more people are going to pick Dearness Johnson this week than Devin Singletary, and if you can have more of a unique pick, you have a better chance of uh, climbing up the leaderboards. Um, so that's another DFS-specific yeah, strategy. Yeah, separating yourself from the herd. Yeah, because I think that um, you know everyone's going to go after Dearness Johnson because the week that he had the backfield uh, to himself, he had 27.8 fantasy points. Uh, well, as you know... Yeah. I, I Zach think the, Moss the thing has is, been the better between him and Singletary, but this is a, such a good matchup, and I just think he's a less... He's going to be overlooked, I think. I overlooked him when yeah, I was doing this earlier. He's, he's a less he's a less obvious choice because there's a lot of news surrounding Nick Chubb being unavailable, obviously, and with the Bills, how they struggled, how they performed last week, I think some people will be discouraged from going back to the well, so to speak. Yeah. And so I think for those reasons, Devin Singletary at that price is a really good option against the Jets this week. It convinced me. Um, I'll let you talk about the uh, next two running backs that are at the same price. 5200 for both Alex Collins and J.D. McKissick. Yeah, so let's go ahead and start with Alex Collins, who we just got news uh, fairly recently before recording this that Chris Carson will be held out of this game. Uh, Coach Pete Carroll said that he's just not quite there yet, and so it's going to be Alex Collins' backfield. Uh, I think that we've seen him have success. We've seen him struggle a little bit with the starting role, but I do expect coming off of a bye that and with Russell Wilson involved, I think that offense is going to look a lot better. And so I have pretty uh, good confidence surrounding Alex Collins in this matchup with the Green Bay Packers. And then on the other side, with the same price point, J.D. McKissick, he's going to be on the losing end of this matchup, assuredly, which means with negative game script that Washington's going to be throwing the ball a lot. I think that this is going to be a difficult game for Antonio Gibson to get the job done on the ground, and I think that opens up opportunities for McKissick to rack up, you know, six, seven, eight catches like his season high. He's had eight catches twice this season, so uh, th- that's good points. That's good floor, and if he finds his way into the end zone, which is very possible because Tampa Bay will play hard on the run, and so that leaves the opportunity for you know, screen passes or, you know, check downs. So McKissick could find his way in the end zone and get you some pretty good points at $5,200. 
Yeah, I like those two picks. Um, we can move on to the next two. DeAndre Swift at 6,800 and Aaron Jones at 6,900. Um, we talked about in our news episode that will be uploaded at the same time as this video. Uh, DeAndre Swift will be without Jamal Williams. Um, so that just gives him, you know, even more touches. He's an extremely versatile player, as we've talked about. I mean, he'll get, you know, low tens rushing attempts while also getting, you know, a handful of receptions. I mean, he's just a PPR beast. And there are, you know, plenty of running backs ahead of him. And the news of Jamal Williams being gone is just going to open up the door even more for him. Um, so I think he's a very strong play at 6,800. While I think Aaron Jones at 6,900, which is his second... It's tied for his second cheapest all season. I think a lot of people are going to be panicking on his usage the past two weeks, but um, we'll see what happens this week. But as of right now, I'm feeling like it was much more circumstantial. Uh, A.J. Dillon taking away a ton of carries from Aaron Jones because in week eight, there was all of the Green Bay's wide receivers were gone. So Aaron Jones got a more receiving work than rushing work uh, because he's a more much more versatile option than A.J. Dillon. And in week nine, Jordan Love was at QB, so I just really don't even trust what happened with Aaron Jones in that game. I expect him to bounce back, and he is uh, very cheap for... I mean, he's been as high as 7,900 this season, so this is a 1,000 cheaper, and I just trust him to bounce back to those levels. Yeah, agreed. Um, I guess... Who else? Is there anybody else? Let's talk about, talk about yeah. Let's talk about the other side of the Lions Steelers matchup, and that's Najee Harris. Yeah. Um. Here's the thing with Najee Harris. We we've obviously seen him in the receiving game. He's got 40 receptions on the season, and he's been a 20 plus carry guy for four of his past five games. And the only game that he didn't have 20 plus carries was on his bye week. So this guy is really good. Um. And it's the Lions. I mean, if, if that wasn't enough to tell you, they're, they're bottom three in rushing yards allowed per game. So I expect Najee Harris to be involved early and often in this game against the Lions. They're playing at home, coming off of a bye. I think there's a great opportunity for Najee Harris to rack up some serious points. Agreed. I think there are a lot of good options uh, if you wanted to pay up at running backs, but uh, I think those are the most value plays uh, relative to other prices. So are we ready to move on to wide receiver? Sure, let's do it. Okay, uh, we'll start with Tyler Johnson. 3,300 on the Buccaneers because you're probably, you're, you're most likely thinking to yourself. <laughs> but Tyler Johnson will be in store for a very respectable game, especially at that price, um, because Antonio Brown... And Rob Gronkowski have been ruled out. And Godwin is a game-time decision. Is that correct? Yeah, we said that. Yeah, I mean, the price is good. The matchup is great. So uh, Yeah, all the analysis we did for Brady, just cross-apply to Johnson. The targets have to go somewhere. Brady throws the ball a ton. So uh, Tyler Johnson had five receptions in Week 8 before their bye. I expect him to get much more than that in this game. And even if he doesn't, that's just a very... Uh, high floor, very safe floor because of all the injuries and this matchup. And at 3,300, it's very hard to go wrong. <laughs> so yeah, I think he you doesn't. Trust him. He does not. He does not have to do much in order for that price point to pay off for you with the rest of your lineup. 
Yeah, because you hear us talking about all these running back options, all these high price wide receiver options. You're like, oh, how, how do I pick just one? Well, maybe you can pick two of them if you spend low on uh, Tyler Johnson and you'll still put up a respectable performance. I'll let you talk about uh, the next guy. I guess James Washington. Okay. Yeah, James Washington. So we found out uh, earlier today that Chase Claypool, as expected, will be missing this game. Uh, similar along the lines of the Najee Harris analysis. I mean, the targets will go somewhere. And we have seen historically James Washington to be a pretty reliable fill-in for the Pittsburgh Steelers whenever you know their main guy is hurt. So he's always good for a deep touchdown if he gets the opportunity and so at 3500 not a bad option it might be something that uh, other players aren't necessarily looking at uh, because there's good options around his price but i think that the most reliable um at 3500 is going to be james washington agreed uh i guess you can go ahead and briefly talk about aj green at 4600 yeah, I like that too. Um, so it does kind of depend a little bit on if Kyler Murray's available to play and DeAndre Hopkins, who is a game-time decision. But AJ Green has had success even with Hopkins on the field and obviously with Murray available to him. So he's got three games this season over 15 fantasy or DraftKings points. And I, I like him at his price. I mean, 4600 it's obviously reduced from him being out last week due to covid and so i think that at this price it's a great opportunity and the matchup is it's not the best carolina has some pretty good uh, defensive backs but if especially if hopkins is not available 4600 for aj green i think is a good price because he's going to get targeted and we've seen him catch a few touchdowns this season so i like that play yeah we can move on to a dynamic daily duo on the bills Cole Beasley at 5,200 and Emmanuel Sanders at 5,700. I mean, we already talked about Josh Allen and how this is an incredible matchup for them. Last week should have been two, but they were abysmal. And yet these two players still had double digits. Not what you'd be excited for for daily, but it proves to you that they have a very high floor, even in a game where the Bills scored zero touchdowns. And I just expect them to bounce back in this uh, arguably even easier matchup. Um, I think that they're very safe plays. Beasley gets a ton of targets, only has one touchdown the season. That's why I think that it might be worth spending $500 more to get Sanders. Um, I mean, he's had two games where he's had two touchdowns respectively, and I think that he has more of a boom potential while still having that floor because of just the, how involved he is in this offense. Yeah, the thing you like about Beasley is that he's got 18 catches on 24 targets, and that's in his past two games. Uh, and then with Emmanuel Sanders, uh, it's a similar story, not as many because of that uh, week eight aberration game with Sanders where he got zero catches on four targets. But uh, we've seen we've seen Sanders used early and often in this offense, and I think he is more more likely to score a touchdown in this game than than Cole Beasley. But uh, both options are very good. and and the other part is that, if people will spend up for Stefan Diggs, who is, I believe, 85, no, not 8,500, 7,500, uh, 7, yeah. 7, you're getting, a, honestly, you're getting a similar, like, ceiling to these players fr from this season alone. Um, obviously, Stefan Diggs last season was exceptional, but 
this is 2021, things are a little bit different this year. And so I, I, I honestly believe if you're going to pick up a Bills wide receiver at the prices that these guys are at, you, you're better off going with Sanders or Beasley. Yeah, I mean, I can certainly see Diggs getting 20-plus easily this week, but I think that, you know, it's very probable as well that one of these two guys, Beasley or Sanders, gets it done too, and then you're saving a ton of money by picking them. Um, so I think that their value is kind of unmatched compared to uh, what you would be doing to pay up for Diggs. Um, I'll let you now talk about Michael Pittman Jr. at 6300 yeah, I'm surprised that I'm taking the lead on this one because I know he's your guy. But yeah. uh, the past three weeks, he's been nothing short of exceptional 17-plus uh, point DraftKings points in all three weeks, as well as a 30-bomb in week eight. Uh, this guy is, I mean, he's the hes the guy in, in uh, Indianapolis. And we've been talking about how well Carson Wentz has been doing that's his quarterback so i expect good things to continue he does have a touchdown in all of the last 3 games four in the last 3 to be exact but yeah he he's an exceptional talent at that team and i like the matchup obviously the jaguars they gave the bills a hard time but i i mean no nobody's really buying that i think that the bills yeah. are uh, they just they 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 crap the bed to keep it pg yeah that is definitely true. Um, we can move on to Deontay and DK, I guess. We can talk about both of them. They're both 6,800. Yeah. Um, I mean, DK is getting his quarterback back. Russell Wilson will be playing this Sunday. So I expect him to have an amazing game. I mean, he's had eight receiving touchdowns this season. I mean, he's just had DK days where he just absolutely goes off. And he is kind of an anomaly for being a his stat line. If you're not looking at touchdowns, you're thinking that there's no way that he's had the production he has had. But he's just so consistent with his touchdowns um, while also just being a focal point in this offense. And he's also getting Russell Wilson back, which gives you a ton of confidence in him. And then Deontay already talked about Claypool being out. And I already trust Deontay a ton. He didn't have... He kind of had a quiet day for him last week, but it was still double digits. So he's got an incredibly high floor, and if he finds the end zone, he's he's it's a boom this week. So I feel even better, honestly, about Deontay than DK, but I think they're both very good picks. Um, I, I do also want to talk about Mike Evans at 6,900. Again, all the stuff we've said about Tom Brady, cross-apply over to Mike Evans, and especially, I mean, even regardless, we've seen Evans just be amazing um, his only dud weeks have really been when Antonio Brown and or Gronk have been there. They're both for sure out. If Godwin's out, I mean, Brady threw his 600 touchdown pass to Evans. I think he threw another record-breaking pass to Evans that he also gave away. And I just maybe we were talking about <laughs> Brady breaking the all-time passing touchdown record in a single game this week. And maybe Evans will give away that ball as well. But <laughs> if he caught it, that means <laughs> yeah. he had a good day. Yeah, that's a uh, that's an interesting point to take with that, but I like it. Yeah. Um, are we ready to move on to tight ends? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. We can start with group I'll group Tyler Conklin and Dan Arnold together at 3400 and 3500 respectively. And I uh, you want to lead the way on this one? Sure, we could talk. I mean, if there's anything that we can hang our hats on with this podcast, it's that we know how to pick tight ends. Yeah. Um, 
Tyler Conklin, he's got seven targets in back-to-back weeks, five catches in back-to-back weeks, uh, and for a combined total of, it looks like, 102 receiving yeah. yards. <clears throat> so the the ceiling is a little less than what you would hope for. Uh, he only has one receiving touchdown on the season. Of course, that can change against the Chargers this week. Uh I, like I said before, I do expect that game to be competitive, high scoring, and so there's certainly an opportunity for Conklin to find his way in the end zone. Uh, and then with Dan Arnold, it's a similar story. He has no touchdowns on the season, but he is getting a lot of targets and a good amount of catches and a good amount of yards. So he's got 12 catches and 128 receiving yards on 17 targets in his past two weeks. Uh, like I said before, Jacksonville traded for this guy earlier in the season. I kind of think that if, uh, and he led the team in fantasy points last weekend. So Dan Arnold is their guy, seemingly. Uh, and, you know, anything could change with Trevor Lawrence. But I think that, you know, at 3,500, you're getting a pretty reliable option. And if he finds his way into the end zone, then you're then you're booming at that price point at that position. That's a good deal. Yeah. Um, another tight end we've talked a lot about pat fire move at 3900 uh again i mean i like we've talked about three uh pittsburgh pass catchers and then also Najee. i just think that this team the fantasy relevant players i think will do very well in this game uh, i think Firemuth will pick up the slack of the target share with Clay- yeah, chase claypool being gone and i mean he's finding the end zone as well which is allowing him to boom and we're talking yeah, about someone that's, that's less than 4,000. Yeah, that's the thing that's exciting about Fryermuth is that he is getting those uh, those touchdown catches. And you are seeing this similar uh, amount of targets as the previous guys that we've talked about. It seems like of the three, Fryermuth has the most touchdown upside. And he, uh, because of that, I think he's the most expensive of the three. But uh, all three, I feel good about these guys. Yeah, Firemuth went up $100 for his DFS price after his last week's performance where he had 21.3, and now Chase Claypool's gone too? Like, I just feel like Yeah, it's... so I was just going to say there's a uh, there's a fun little fact about DraftKings in that since Firemuth played on Monday night, he's actually at a discount because the, the salaries are made prior to the Monday night game. Oh... So this is a Monday night discount that if Firemuth continues this kind of play, you might see his price shoot up next week. So this might be your best chance to get on in on him before his price goes too high. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, can end tight ends with Dawson Knox. I'll let you talk about him. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a similar theme of, of what we've been talking about. Buffalo against a bad team. Uh, you expect them to bounce back. We haven't seen Dawson Knox in a few weeks because of his uh, broken hand, but he is good to go this week. And so he's got five touchdowns on the season. He has been a very reliable target for Josh Allen when he was healthy. So at $4,500, I don't mind spending up for someone who has proven himself uh, to be one of his uh, quarterback's favorite targets. All right, agreed. We can move on on defense, and I guess I'll ask you, which which one are we wanting to start with as far as cheapest? Um, I would I'm gonna go ahead and throw it out there that 
The Vikings at 2,300, I understand. We talked about it being a high-scoring game. But the Vikings, despite that, have been fairly consistent this season. They have multiple games, over 10 fantasy points, and then even still, they're averaging around 8 fantasy points. So when you have to when you when you have a, a roster full of very expensive players very talented players oftentimes you're going to find yourself having to go cheap at, at defense and so i think the vikings provide a better option i mean you don't feel better about the lions the jaguars the football team or the jets so the vikings kind of being in that slot due to their matchup i think that you know if you're going to be if you're going to be taking a punt at defense the vikings are your best bet agreed uh, we can move on to a defense I just switched to after we were analyzing this. Tennessee Titans, 2,600 against the Saints. Um, it's in Tennessee, and the Saints are going to be without Kamara. News as of today that he will uh, officially be out for Sunday. And, you know, they're starting Simeon at quarterback. I mean, this just is not an offense that scares you. It's going to be Simeon and Mark Ingram out there. Um, yeah, and you're and not paying, much else. And you're not paying much for this defense so i think yeah. that this is double a very digit, smart choice double digit DraftKings points in three of their last three you'll love to see that and those include those include how about this i didn't even notice who they were who they played in the last three games this is the rams the colts and the chiefs yeah so They're... double digit scoring double digit scoring in some legit offenses oh, against 100%. some legit offenses 100 percent. yeah I think that they're a great choice. Is there is there even a spend up option we really want to advocate for? Um, I think we can say the Cardinals at thirty seven hundred because PJ Walker will be starting, so that could be a kind of a shaky situation for Carolina. The Cardinals are at home; they're a hot team coming off of a win with Colt McCoy. So I think that there's an opportunity there. There they've been, they've proven to be a reliable defense. And so, from that perspective, I'm okay with you spending up there. Um, otherwise, I think that, you know, the Cowboys have a good opportunity with the Falcons coming to Dallas to play their game. Uh, Dallas has kind of struggled a little bit in de- at defense lately, but I, I expect them to bounce back, especially after last week, how uh, disappointing their performance was. Yep. All right. Does that wrap it up for all of it? Yeah, I'd say so. All right. Thank you all so much for listening in. I hope you take some of our advice and do very well with some of these picks. Um, That's all I got. We'll see you, or we'll talk to you next week. Yep. Good luck out there. Good luck, and peace out.